Hi everyone, I'm Evie Bridges, and uh, I just wanted to come on here and share a little bit about what God has been doing in my life. Um, this past summer, the Holy Spirit really introduced Himself to me, and it was the most powerful summer I've ever experienced. Um, but one thing that comes with that power and with that um, supernatural experiences. Um, this notion of fear, like we hear in the Bible again and again, whenever angels come or uh, God speaks to people, he says, do not be afraid. And that is really true, because when you hear people speaking in tongues or when you hear um, or when you just encounter like the Holy Spirit cleansing things from your life, it's it's really scary. Um, but one thing that God did for me that was so sweet and so kind is he showed up. Well, <laughs> he wasn't in this creature, but he, he gave me just the image of bunnies. Like, everywhere I looked, whenever I was afraid, whenever I questioned whether this was God, I would look over in a field and see a bunny. And it was so powerful. I cannot, like, dozens and dozens of bunnies over the summer. I took a bunch of pictures of them, too. I got, like, half of them. It was incredible. And, I mean, you think about it, it's like, yeah, bunnies, summer, like, of course you're going to see bunnies. But... I can tell you one night in particular that makes it clear that it was not just coincidence. I just had a really big spiritual encounter that day. I worked through a lot of hard stuff with some of my friends through prayer, and I was just taking a drive because I was really overwhelmed, and I was just praying, and I, I looked to the side of me, the side of my car, at night, there's a bunny hopping alongside my car. I looked to the other side of my car, there's a bunny hopping alongside my car, and I'm just... I'm just in awe of God's goodness, <laughs> and as I drive, I see there were, I think there were three bunnies that night that were just alongside my car, and I gotta say, like, it was never when I expected them to be there. It was always when God knew I needed it most. I, I may not have known I was afraid or going through things, or I did, um, but I didn't know what I needed, and God just, just reminded me, like, I love you, I'm here, I'm faithful, and I care, and I'm, like, I'm good. And this is my sweetness. This is how much I care about you. And you are safe in in this new experience of God. So God is powerful. <laughs> and, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Church, this is what I hope that you experience more often as we go through this series called the Holy Spirit. My name is Austin. I am one of the pastors. And... You're going to hear more stories. I've already heard dozens of stories just from last week about people's experience with the Holy Spirit. And there's something that Evie said in there that I want us to like ring true, maybe this for you this week, is as followers of Jesus, we really don't believe that there are coincidences. There's not. There's the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit who meets you um, in your day and in your week and in your life and moves powerfully. That you can't explain it. There are no coincidences within God. There is God and the Holy Spirit. And so as we talk about this morning, this idea of not only um, putting ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we want to say as a church that we are not only people that want to know the Holy Spirit, that we want to be born of the Holy Spirit, but we want to live through the power of the Holy Spirit. That living through the Holy Spirit, for us, when we talk about a pine lake, finding and following Jesus, living through the Spirit is how we follow Jesus. 
Living through the Spirit. This is what, it might just be something that you're like, wow, like this is both either normal, like following Jesus Discipleship 101, or for you, this might be blowing you out of the water. Is that finding Jesus and actually following Jesus, the fact of the way we follow Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. That your every day of encountering God through the Holy Spirit is actually what it means to follow Jesus. And so if you're those questions uh, for days, weeks, months, years, decades, like how, what does it look like to follow Jesus today? We're going to talk about what does it look like to follow Jesus by living through the Spirit. And we're going to do that uh, if you want to turn with me to John chapter 20. Uh, we'll be starting in verse 19. Uh, this is the story. Jesus has um, been uh, crucified. De- he's dead and he's been buried. And now he's been risen from the grave. And he uh, is about to blow the disciples um, out of the water. So John chapter 20. Love to have it in front of you or it's on the screen um, beside me. This is this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed him his hands, his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I want to read this one um, section again that I think is just really powerful to start. Again, Jesus said for the second time. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we ask that simply, that you would send the Holy Spirit to not only fill this space, but fill this room, but fill us. That from wherever we are, and however connected or disconnected we feel from you, God, would you remind us that if we have put our trust and faith in you, we have received the Spirit. So God, fall fresh again on us this morning. Open our ears to hear and our eyes to see what you have for us this morning, this week. We ask this in your name. Amen. Church, there is that, before we start, there's two things that he says back to back. And whenever Jesus says something again and again, it should perk your interest. Because before you get any further on, down the road of hearing from Jesus, sometimes the repetition is what you need to hear first. And maybe this is a word for you. Maybe you're in a season um, where you're wanting the breath of the Holy Spirit upon you. You want to receive the Holy Spirit, but you are not in a place of peace. Like before Jesus breathes the Spirit on his disciples, his disciples, he says, peace be with you. Again, I say it, peace be with you. And I wonder, like, think about this, how much that you want the presence of the Holy Spirit, but you are not in a state to receive it. 
Like, have you ever been that? Like, where, where God has a word for you, but you are in a space, in a place where you are not ready to receive it. Whether it's physically, you are just anxious, um, you are uptight, everything is going on, or even mentally, you are just not in a space to hear it. Peace be with you. It matters that not only that your desire to receive from the Holy Spirit, but sometimes you need to be the one who receives peace. And this is not peace as just like some idealistic, um, catatonic kind of state of being. Peace isn't something that's like, Jesus says, peace be with you. And it's a nice salutation that you either put at the beginning or the end of a letter. And in, at the beginning of a monologue or the end of his teaching. No, peace is with you. It's like, I wonder if you want the Holy Spirit so bad. And you want the Holy Spirit, as we've been talking about this 929 challenge. That you're like, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me. But I don't have time for peace. Because peace isn't an understanding or a state of being. Peace is a person. How much do you want the Holy Spirit, but you don't have time for the Prince of Peace? Right? Like in this section, like right before Jesus has come back, he has risen from the, the, the grave, and he is meeting his disciples, where I bet they would be like, can you just tell me the rest of the story? I want the rest of the story, Jesus. I don't have time for you. Because I'm kind of freaking out right now. My encouragement to you before we even get to the rest of the thing is to say, you want the Holy Spirit, but you want the Prince of Peace who comes with it. Maybe you're not in a state to receive the Spirit because you don't have time for the one who is the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're seeking after a state or a status and not a person. But this morning, we're talking about what does it look like as we have received and desire to be with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're saying that to follow Jesus, that in this moment, the breath the Spirit gives right there and breathes on him. I love it. Like, the breathe is not, when you read it, it's, yes, breath. But it's this, like, Jesus breathing on his people. And I like today in this COVID day, like somebody ever comes, breathes on you. It's kind of scary. <laughs> don't come up to me after church and be like, Austin, please don't. But this moment, it's like that breath is like, it's not just an idea that Jesus <sighs> on the disciples, that he breathed the physicalness of his breath and the experience of the Holy Spirit on to the disciples. And the Holy Spirit, the same word, the breath that he breathed on the Holy Spirit is life. You want the Holy Spirit, but do you understand that, that the Holy Spirit they're seeking out is actually in truest form, life. That back at the beginning of creation, when it was like the breath that was breathed into Adam's lungs for the first time, same word, the Spirit. Breath. The Spirit was born into him. Life was infused into him. And in the same way, like later on, great passage, the Valley of the Dry Bones, when the four winds from the north, south, east, and west, when the Lord had gathered all the winds and all these dry bones had now stood up, connected with flesh on it, but looked like zombies, that the four winds, the breath of the Spirit 
filled them, and they came back to life. The breath of God is not just like a feeling, like uh, an outer coating, a wrapping that makes everything a little bit better. It is infused deep within your bones, in deep within who you have created to be. The breath of God is life. How many of us in that moment when things are all in chaotic, can you, ooh, the life of God breathed in you and on you can simultaneously exist in the chaos that you are in. The fact that Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit in the midst of a chaotic time where he hadn't revealed himself on the mountaintop as the risen Savior, but to just 12 plus disciples who are ever in that room and more later on that life can exist within the chaos. And so living in the breath of God is that that moment when that Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. Right? When they say, peace with peace be with you, Jesus, are you bringing peace? Like how many times have the disciples misunderstood, peace be with you, are you bringing peace? Finally, because I don't like the way this feels right now. I don't like the way this feels right now. But when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. Everything has changed. And so for you, that question is like, when Jesus has walked into the room, when you have been born again of the Holy Spirit, when you've been reconciled to God, everything changes. Because life has now been infused into you. That once you were dead and now life has been brought back into you. That once you were far from God because of your sin, you now have been reconciled and made close. Not just in proximity, but in connection to, to being brought into the body. One body under the head of Christ. Everything changes. His death and his resurrection, his revealing of his body, his hands, his side, changed everything. And in the wake of that, in the wake of everything changing, the disciples in the room, where do you find them? Lost with locked doors. Lost with locked doors. Like how many of us can feel in this place that you want the Holy Spirit, but you've locked the door, which is the entrance into the room where you need the Spirit to show up? Like if we're living through the power of the Holy Spirit, then our call is to be led by the Spirit. I love the disciples, but there's something that I really have a problem with. Is that in the midst of this moment, they are, it says right there at the beginning of this text, it goes, on the evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together. The doors were locked in fear of the Jewish leaders. Like how many of this is like, that you want to be led, that you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you want to be followers and disciples of Jesus, but you are lost and you are locking him out. And I love it so much that, that, that Jesus is so good. He doesn't need um, open doors to make it into to the room. That these disciples are lost. They're lost. Their best friend has been killed by the ruling authorities. His body has been taken. And they are gathered together in this home with locked door because they're afraid they might be next. And so they're gathering together and they're strategizing. What do we do? Jesus told us to stay together in this time until I come back. And they are being obedient. But even in your obedience, you can still be lost. Lost. 
Because there is a place of being obedient to what God has said and still being lost. Because there's a difference between lost and being led. There's a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and then being led by the Spirit. They come into the room and they are gathering together and they're saying, like, what is next? What do we do? What is going on? Where do we go from here? And Jesus walks into the room. Jesus walks into the room and he begins to lead. This is what, what happens that sometimes when we are people uh, who are following the Holy Spirit and we so definitely want um, the life and breath through the Holy Spirit, but then in the midst of the chaos, we get our brothers and sisters around in the room, we lock the door, and we begin to strategize best practices. Because we have the breath of the Spirit, but we're not being led by the Spirit. Right, and I'm not saying like the disciples probably weren't really good and, and, and great in their integrity and honesty, as they were probably trying to make the best decisions for what was next after they had given their lives to follow Jesus. To find and follow Jesus. And they're fine, like, we, are, we know this isn't the end of the story, but what happens next? Jesus didn't give us the full picture. He didn't give us the step-by-step uh, plan. He didn't give us all the strategic planning and the infrastructure that we needed. And so we got to get together and figure this out but they do it under lock and key. Like how many of us are following Jesus, but our lives are lived in under lock and key? That you want, this de- you want this resurrected Jesus, but in the midst of the chaos, you believe that your interaction with God is to do it under lock and key, to figure out the best you can, and God's going to be like, that's good enough. But then Jesus walks into the room. And he says, not only do I want to breathe on life and infuse you in the midst of chaos, but now will you let me lead you? Like, this is what we're talking about by the Holy Spirit, by living by the Holy Spirit. And this opportunity that we're doing with this 929 challenge of hearing from the Holy Spirit. We don't want you to just hear the Holy Spirit in order that you feel like you have this real connection to God, that this isn't fake. That your following Jesus is actually real, that you believe that Jesus really is alive, that you believe the Holy Spirit is really alive because you've been infused with the Holy Spirit's breath of life. But then it starts to fade because you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. We don't want to just be hearing from the Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit every day after that. Because every time from that moment when he breathes on the Spirit, says, peace be with you, breathes on the Spirit, and says, just as I have been sent, now I send you. That every day from this moment is not an absence of you going forward without me trying to figure out the best. It's like, I am here, I have breathed my Spirit on you, and just as the Father has sent me, now I send you through the Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit. So when we talk about hearing the Holy Spirit and opening ourselves and making room for the Spirit to, to break down all the walls, to allow it to like us to move in that way, is it's not just so that you can hear and feel connected, that you have this real relationship with Jesus that you can just testify to, but you can show it by being led by. That you hear from the Holy Spirit not to validate your authenticity as a follower of Jesus. 
But you're in relationship with the, the Holy Spirit to be hear the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Because everybody is being led by something. You are all being led by something. Every day, you are being led by something. And the question is, what is leading you? When you wake up, when you put your feet on the ground, when you put your clothes on, when you do whatever you have to do, and wherever you're driving, what is leading you? Everybody's led by something. And as disciples, when we're saying we're opening ourselves up to the Spirit, is we're saying, not that we just want to hear from the Spirit, we want to be led by everything that you do is not of your own accord, but is being led by the Spirit. Our hearing of the Spirit is to be led by the Spirit. To put us again always into that, that right relationship where not I'm out in front of Jesus asking him to come along, but always understanding that I am walking alongside. I am not outpacing and I'm not falling behind, but I'm a traveling companion with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and And I'm always looking to follow where he leads. This is what discipleship looks like when we're engaging the Holy Spirit. Is that every moment of our day is we say, we want to check who's leading. Because we know we have a propensity. I have a propensity in my sin to believe like I'm the disciples. Like I get together and I have a really good strategy. This is what we talk about as a staff. When we get together and we plan out our entire year, is we come and not say like, okay, we're going to lock the conference room and nobody can get in it unless you have a code. None of you could get in unless you had the right code. And we're just going to plan everything out. Because we really have all been trained theologically. We know systematic theology, we know mission and vision, and we have all the good things. No, as we sit there and we ask the Holy Spirit to check us all the time, where are you leading and where are we following? How many of us are actually leading Jesus, dragging him like a dog on a chain? Jesus wants you to lead. And this is the thing that we, we finish with this morning. When you live through the Holy Spirit, when you allow him to lead you in your every day, from the moment you wake up to the moment that you lay your head down, this is why I know that some of you get up before nine, and maybe some of you go to bed before nine, but we say in the midst of all of this 929 challenge of hearing from the Holy Spirit is at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and at the end of the day, every moment is an opportunity for us to hear from the Holy Spirit, to be checked, and to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want the beginning, middle, and end of our day, every moment to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, Three things happen. That life that the Holy Spirit breathes on you is no longer a non-renewable resource. Because some of us be acting like the breath of the Holy Spirit is a non-renewable resource that we have to like ration really well. Otherwise, we're not going to make it to the end with the Holy Spirit. You find life. You find meaning and you find purpose. That as you are living through the Holy Spirit and being led by by the Spirit, you find your meaning and purpose. You find life, meaning, and purpose. And here, the moment the disciples are getting together with Jesus, he is saying that not only am I breathing life onto you, and in the midst of chaos, that life is being infused into you to the same life that was birthed all of creation, that birthed life in Adam, that burned life into dry bones. That same life now is infused in you, and you will find your meaning and purpose. 
Just as I have sent, that has been sent, I send you. That is Jesus when he was appearing back in Acts. He says to them before he leaves, that I'm leaving and now you will be my representation. You will be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That means that when you are following Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, you find your meaning and purpose, which is to say that my life is laid out as a sacrifice, just as Jesus was, so that Jesus might be known in my life. That he might be known in the places that I live, the Judea that I live, my neighborhood, the places that I work, the things that just I'm in proximity to, that the mission and purpose of my life is to make Jesus known exactly where I live. And then in Samaria, the places that I don't want to go. The surrounding communities, the places that really feel like should be far away are not acceptable to Jesus, those are the places. And maybe those places where you don't want Jesus to enter in, and maybe that's your workplace. Maybe that's your school. Maybe that's some friendships. Maybe that's the, th- the, the, the things that you just like to do that you just wish Jesus would leave you alone about. Right? I heard like even in the midst of people talking about like things like pickleball. Jesus, will you just leave me alone during pickleball? The Holy Spirit's like, heck No. <laughs> That's mine, right? Like, the Holy Spirit, like, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the words, that you find your meaning and purpose as you are led by the Spirit. This is what is crazy important about the Holy Spirit as we live into listening to being led by, is you find meaning and purpose. And this is what changed. This is the linchpin of like being connected to the Holy Spirit. So not just that you are in proximity that affirms your belief that you have a relationship with him. This is what happens is when oftentimes when we are breathing the Holy Spirit and then we feel like this life of following Jesus just stinks. That gets harder and harder and it's not good. It's because we haven't latched on to the part after he breathes on you. There's meaning and purpose for your life. And it's not whatever you choose for it to be. But it's wherever the Holy Spirit shows up in your life. Like, I'm telling you this. In my own personal life, you would say, Austin, write the story of your life. And I think, like, you might think, that Austin, this is ridiculous. You're asking like this. Of course it's not better. But how many of us operate in the places where, like, I have, I'm, I have found Jesus and I'm following Jesus, but right now I am going to write the next story of my life. And in the expectation of where we believe we want to go and the direction of which God, there's a gap there, and it is our disappointment. Because we want the Holy Spirit, but we don't want to be led by the Spirit. And we feel like this is disappointment in who and this life of what it looks like of following Jesus. Like, trust me, this is where I speak to students. This is where I speak not only to students, but adults that are like, I'm just disenfranchised with this life of being a Christian. I was like, because you're a Christian and not a follower of Jesus. Because you want the death and resurrection of Jesus to get you into a relationship with him so that you know your eternal salvation is, a, is, is marked in the book of life. But every moment after that, for the rest of the life you live, is going to be a constant disappointment because you don't want his meaning and your purpose. Tell me you're disappointed with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and I'll ask you how closely are you following his meaning and purpose for your life. And I'm not just saying that as a pastor. Like, I'm just saying, like, as a follower of Jesus, some of the things that, that following Jesus looks like for our lives is, in, in all worldly considerations, silly, to put it mildly. 
Like, why in the world would you live in such a way that consistently detaches you from people that you love the most? For the sake of this God that you can't see, that is invisible, that is not real. Because the story that he has written is better than the one that I could ever, ever, ever deserve or write for myself. Think about it. What story would you write that would actually be better than the one that God is writing for you if you're led by him? I look at the season of my life when, when, it's, when it is the hardest, and there's two determining factors of what, what makes it good. Hard and at the same time good. That's when I'm following the meaning and purpose of my life. When I choose to follow my way, my purpose, the hard gets worse. The hard feels unfulfilled and not worth it. But the moment that I'm following Jesus and the hard is, re- is, is real in your life and he's asking you to do things that you don't think you can physically, mentally, emotionally do, when you lean heavily into the Holy Spirit, the story that he writes, I would never rewrite. When people ask you, we had this like question last night, if you go back and experience anything for five minutes, what would you experience? You're dead and you have five minutes. Jesus is like, yeah, five minutes. Or you could, you could Christmas story, Scrooge it. You could rewrite something in the past. What would you rewrite? Not a thing. What would you experience? I would experience the places where I was the closest to touching the unconditional love of Jesus in my life. That's the point. That's the meaning and purpose of my life is to get and commune with the God who is alive and who is not dead to get as close as I can to touching the fullness of that unconditional love in my life. And then not hoarding it, but sharing it with others. Church, this life of following through the Holy Spirit to hear and to be living through is greater than you ever dare dream or imagine only if, only if you're led. And that is hard for us as individualistic, personal, go-get-what-you-want-to-go-get life. Somebody asked me today, why don't you call yourself a Christian? Because I don't believe being a Christian is combative with an individualistic life. Where my goals and my desires are in collaboration with Jesus all the time. I'm a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus who wants the breath of life and who says yes to every day being led by to understand my meaning and purpose. You want to know that this life is worth it? not only pray to the Holy Spirit that I'm listening every part of the day, but then saying, yes, that wherever you lead, I will go. And tell me the stories that you hear and the stories that you experience is good. For some of you, for some of me, this life of faith is a well that's run dry. And I'll tell you one thing, one truth. No matter how many buckets you put in of your own power into your well, it'll run dry but allow the Holy Spirit to drench the crud out of your life. And 
and watch how crazy he goes. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, thank you for faithfully being with us. Even if we don't feel like you, we are with you. God, you are faithfully with us even when we don't feel we are with you or that we have room for you. Holy Spirit, today we give you permission. We give you permission today, this week, this month, this year to lead us in every moment. God, that we would lay down our expectations of this life and where and what it looks like to be a follower and we say, your will, your way. God, I pray that you would open the doors that we have closed. Those places that we have locked you in that we believe we can figure it out and we don't need help from you. God, would you enter into those rooms that you don't need us to unlock it, but you can walk straight into that room. God, you don't need permission. But we give it to you anyway. Walk into the places that are off limits to you. Let us make you known. Let us make the way of love known as we seek to find and follow you. Bless us in your name. Amen.